I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today. Randy Robinson here, and I'm going to jump right to something real quick if I can cue this up. I want to show you something. Uh, this is on imsecond.com. They have these short films now. Uh, they've expanded, so very cool. But here is one that uh, I watched this, and I'm like, what is going on here? So here's a quick clip, uh, and then we'll explain this. Look at that. Is that the fast faster? Faster, faster made in fast blend coke. Nice. Through the Rex Tire speed gun at halfway picnic ground at 135 miles an hour. All right, what is going on there? I'm going to make you actually watch the film later to get to uh, to the end of that one. I'm no spoilers. All right, what is going on with that? Well, there is a type of racing out there that's a little little different, and I have uh, one of the one of the guys that does that, uh, and he's not just a, a racing, a race car driver, but he, he's a pastor. He's known as the fastest pastor, uh, and he's got also some other things going on that are very interesting. I just want to welcome Don Wickstrom to the program. Don, great to have you on Life Today Live. Randy, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. I'm, so, I feel honored and blessed to be here. Start by explaining what we just saw, uh, because <laughs> when I think of racing, you know, I'm here in Texas, not too far from Texas Motor Speedway. So I think of guys going around, you know, left turns, left turns, left turns. Right. You're like, you're in the fog and you're going uphill around curves. What? What? What is that? So that's Pikes Peak. So um, that's America's Mountain, man. That's where America the Beautiful was was wrote. Um, it's, it's a race up the side of the mountain. So you can go there any other day and take your little tourist trip up the mountain. Um, our race portion of the mountain is 12.42 miles, and it's got about 156 turns. Oh, I, I, I actually, I've driven in Colorado a lot uh, in some bad weather around, you know, up passes, over various passes. Dude. That's you. You don't mess around with that. I go slow. It's like drop off on one side. Is that dangerous? Well, yeah. I mean, they they call it the most dangerous race in the world. Um, and I think the odds someone calculated one time is like one in a thousand of dying. And so, uh, it yeah, feels and, like, and it feels like more than that. <laughs> it probably, probably. I mean, yeah, it feels different. I don't know. You know, Randy, it's kind of funny. Um, I don't have. I don't have an adrenaline key in me. I don't think I don't, I don't race because there's adrenaline in it for me. I like the execution, but even more so, you know, we're, we're up on that Sorry. for purpose. I accidentally clicked on the film again. That was that little outburst. Hey, that's live. Uh, how did you get into that? Well, um, I mean, Pike's Peak or racing? Both. Well, racing, uh, you know, I love cars since I was little and uh, my family's too for too poor to afford any of that. And, I always liked racing, got into it uh, when I was younger, got my first engineering job, did shifter carts. And then when I got my family, I walked away from racing. Hmm. And then probably about 12, 14 years ago, got called back into race ministry, which I thought was going to be as a chaplain. And me and my wife were praying about it. And she and I came to the conclusion like, no, we think we're actually supposed to do it from the driver's seat, which is a different way to do ministry, sure. right? And uh, so I, you know, I knew about I Am Second and I called John. I said, hey, how funny would it be to have I am second on the side of a race car when everybody's trying to be first. 
I think that'd be a good segue. <laughs> and so we did that, but really the Pikes Peak uh, thing was a dream I had since I was eight years old, Randy. And, uh, you know, you get older, you give up dreams, and that's what I did with that dream. And then a cancer diagnosis uh, and a friend's challenge to me to go after something on my bucket list is what got me thinking and praying about Pikes Peak. And, you know, it, it, it kind of started from there. Well, so tell us about the, the cancer diagnosis, because that, that usually is a disruptor to all your dreams and plans. Yeah, normally it is, um, but God had different plans. Yeah, so, you know, I owned a successful robotics integration firm. We are one of the largest in America. Uh, things were going well. I was headed to a speaking engagement out in California, and I just wasn't feeling right, so I went down to Kentucky to see my doctor, and that's when I found out I had cancer. And uh, got back, and, and my doctor had encouraged me to sell the business. That would be the only way if I had any chance of, of kicking cancer. And in the midst of all that, a friend who I helped out in business and he came to me, he's like, man, I would really love to see you do something on your bucket list, you know? And, and cause at that time the prognosis wasn't good. You mm. know, my, my doctor did not give me a good outcome. And so, you know, I kind of just blurted out, I've always wanted to do Pike's Peak, you know? And he's like, how about you pray about it? I'll pray about it and let's get back to it. And we prayed about it and it kept just growing. Like, mm. I really feel like God's called me to do this, but I couldn't figure out why I couldn't connect the dots as to why he would call me to do that. And I think so many times we do something and try to shoehorn God into it because it's a desire of our heart. And I wasn't willing to do that, especially with something with Pike's Peak. I mean, you're talking about a deadly, deadly race. Um, and me and my wife were praying about it. And I don't think she was really having it. Um, <laughs> and it kind of came to a crux one night. We were laying in bed and I asked her about it. I said, hey, you know, I've been praying about it. I feel like God wants me to do this. I just haven't been able to figure out why. And she asked me, she's like, well, are you going to resent me and be angry at me mm. when I tell you, no, I don't want you to do it. Cause you can't do something like this when you're married right. without you and your wife being in unison, man, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I told her, I said, I wouldn't be mad at you, but I would, I would definitely resent you for a while. And I said, even more so, I really felt like I was hearing from God mm. and she turned over and it was kind of quiet for a few minutes. And then she turned back over. She says, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, if little eight-year-old Don that that told his cousin one day he's going to race up Pikes Peak, if he would see your story that this kid who was homeless and and all these things happened throughout your life and you feeling like you were just hopeless, do you think seeing a story of someone similar to you would have brought you hope earlier and brought you to Jesus Christ earlier in life? And I said, you bet. I said, I would have, I would have not felt alone and I would have found that hope in Jesus earlier. And she says, that's what you need to go do. If you're mm. going to go do this, you need to go tell your story. And you need to find the eight-year-old Dons out there that feel hopeless and give them hope wow. through Christ Jesus. And so, you know, I thank God for my wife because at that moment, then I realized like, that's why he's calling me. And and I didn't, you know, in, in my mind, it was a small scale thing. Like, I'm going to find that one kid. I'm going to find that one person. I'm going to find that one adult. And man, I'll tell you what, we haven't found one adult, one kid, nothing. We found thousands wow. that we've been able to minister. And, it, and it's been so humbling and a blessing. How long ago was this? So in 2018, I got the diagnosis okay. and uh, 2019 sold the business. And in 2019 is when, in April of 2019, right after I sold the business is when I was told I'd have a year. One year? One year. Uh, and everybody else is freaked out about COVID. Did, did COVID mess up your treatment at all? Um, it didn't. So I can't do traditional treatment. 
I have a, I have a poor immune system. And so I was doing holistics actually, and still continue to do natural path and holistics. Um, but it did make me, I mean, when cancer, when COVID first came out, man, it was kind of a freaked me out a little bit, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I got this poor immune system and everything else. Oh, but, yeah. You know, and for me, um, I had to approach COVID much like cancer. Meaning? There, you still live. Yeah. You have to live, man. You have to live. And, and listen, COVID don't care about the calling Jesus Christ has on our lives. It, you know, it doesn't care who's supposed to care about the calling in our lives is us. Mm. And, and, and where we often see mountains, that's the excuse not to climb where, man, I think we, we look at it wrong where we see mountains that should be the excuse to continue to climb. And I think <laughs> it was just a small obstacle and, and we found a different way to do ministry throughout that time and, and still be effective. So the doctors give you one year in 2018 or 19, right? 19, 19, 19 yeah. um, yeah, this is 2023. I'm talking to you. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> so, man, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll segue a little bit and just kind of give you an update for 2022 and yeah, where we're sure, at now. Sure. So, you know, still battling colon cancer. Okay. In April of last year, uh, found out that it moved to my pancreas. Mm. And I and that kind of shook me a little bit, but I didn't tell anybody. I told to my wife and, and a few close friends. But, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, I had a miracle. You know, I didn't tell him I kept it close to my chest. And one night, about two weeks after the diagnosis and, and the test, the ferment, uh, a young man in youth group who's kind of a joker, and he's a big guy. His name's Joe. Big, big, huge guy. He's tall. I always have to look up to him. And he comes to me and says, Pastor, John, Pastor Don, I really feel like God told me to come pray for you, hmm. that he wants to heal you of a new health problem you have. And Joe's kind of a joker. So I was like, yeah, you know, I, I'll take prayer, man. I love prayer. And, and, and so he put his hand right here on me and he started praying for me, Randy. And it, the hand got not warm, but hot. Hmm. And I mean, I'm talking like, I almost pulled his hand away. Cause I'm like, okay, he's screwing with me now. He's, he's doing something. <laughs> Cause I thought he's going to burn me. Yeah. And it was just, it, I don't know how else to explain it, but I went to move his hand and I felt like God just spoke in the quiet of my heart. Like, just relax. This is significant. And I kind of felt like significant for him, you know. <laughs> it was about three days later, I woke up and all my symptoms from what drove me to go see my doctor for the pancreatic cancer were gone. And I had another round of testing coming up for blood work and stuff with my holistic doctor locally. And, and I told that doctor, I said, listen, do you mind if we do the pancreatic cancer test again? And she's like, why? And I explained to her what had happened. She's like, I believe in miracles. Let's try it. So I got tested and it takes a couple of days for it to come back. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, it came back negative. And so she, my doctor called me. She's like, you got to get up here right away. I'm like, all right. And she's like, it's negative. And I'm like, all right, before I get too excited, let's run one more. Because <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I'm human. Yeah. And we ran it. Now, so I have no pancreatic cancer. I still am fighting colon cancer. But we just started uh, a new regimen, a new treatment. And, and I'm feeling pretty good, man. And I am, Randy, I'm. I'm excited. I'm trusting God, and I'm holding out hope, man. That this is this is the silver bullet. Hopefully, you are you are at one of the hard bends of your race. No, I don't mean just in a car, obviously, but this is this is tough. And you know, in in foggy, rainy Pikes Peak, climbing that mountain, one you can't see around the bend, but also visibility can be tough. Um, you have I saw all the instrumentation and stuff. Uh, in the car, 
you got a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Does that translate at all in, in in learning to trust what you know to be true rather than what you can or can't see? Randy, it's funny you say this. Just today I released a two-minute film about this very thing. Huh. And I, I was talking I about it. I well, I had a I steering wheel. Yeah. It's all right. I had a steering wheel. I think it's just confirmation, yeah. you know. Um, and I was talking about when we're steering the car, there's so much that goes into it. And you pointed out you have all this data. So when we're racing and we're practicing, they're collecting data. You can't get away with a thing. Like I can tell them like, no, no, I didn't hit the brake. They're like, no, no, look at the brakes on right here for 0.15 seconds. Hmm. Well, I was turning the wheel. I was turning the wheel 15 degrees. No, no, no. You were turning 18. You, have, you can't get away with anything. But the thing is, is they get to see everything at once. They have the full picture. Mm-hmm. I don't. I only see what's coming at the next turn. Mm. And so I have to trust them about the information they gave me, how to drive that and rely on that and trust that, hey, if I attack this next turn, I got to trust the information they gave me. And when I get through that, I got to continue to trust for the next turn. Mm-hmm. And I think about what it says in Proverbs 3, 5, 6, right? It says, Trust in God with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. And in all ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And it's so much like that. Like, I don't know what next year brings. Mm-mm. I don't even know what tomorrow brings. I know it brings worries. I know it brings troubles. Matthew tells us that. But I know what right now brings. And it brings me two things. It can bring me into the will of God or away from the will of God. There's no such thing as maintaining you're progressing moving forward or you're moving away and i think just as i've had to learn to trust those those people around me and my crew and what they've told me and trust the car i have to trust jesus i have to trust god that i'm where i'm at and 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 just as i look at the data in a race car when i get out of it i have to look at the bible and examine my life and say am i living in according to the bible and god says i'm not my the definition of who i am isn't don the racer It's not Don the pastor. It's not Don the cancer fighter. It's beloved. It's my son. It's, you know, worthy. He says, I'm worthy. And so these are things I got to cling to. And it's hard because I want to know what's past it. I want to see beyond what I can see right now. Especially when you're fighting cancer. Like, how does this end? I want to know, how does this end? And and, and I'm, I don't want to sound ungrateful, Randy, you know, because you know, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. What greater gift to be used and be alive? But it's also hard every day living with cancer. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like this thing hanging over your head and I can choose to focus on that or I can choose to focus what's ahead. And I think there's so much similarities between that and and what it is, you know, in, in racing in, in our life in Christ, you know. Yeah, I think I want to tell you something. I think it was uh, Johnny Erickson Tata that, that said this, although it could have been it could have been someone else who's gone through a lot of physical stuff. Before I tell you what she said, uh, I'm going to show the audience. Uh, this is IamSecond.com. And if you go to IamSecond and you go to stories, you'll find Chasing Hope. Uh, it's what, about 25-minute film? Um, yeah, about, yep. Yeah, and, and you can watch it. You can watch that uh well, you can't watch it right now because you're watching this, so don't go yet. But as soon as we're done, you go to IamSecond.com and, and find this. And I also want to show you Don's website. Uh, it's fastestpastor.com. 
uh, com, fastestpastor.com. And so the ministry that he's doing out there uh, with, with racing as the backdrop, but Jesus as the central focus. Uh, so very interesting. You can catch up with Don if you want to there. But here's um, whoever it was. I think it was Johnny. She said one of the things that is easy for us who, who don't face suffering on a daily basis like she does, one of the things, easiest things we can fall into is, is thinking that we don't have to depend wholly and utter, utterly fully on God every single day. Mm-hmm. She said one of the greatest gifts she has in life, she knows she has to rely on God every single day for everything. As you, you don't know what tomorrow brings. Uh, and, and it's scary knowing that you're fighting cancer. Uh, and knowing that your immune system may be compromised. I mean, this is not where most of us live, but has that forced you to an utter dependency on God every day? And if so, how has that changed your life, your marriage, your family, your children? You know, that's a a tough place to live, but I'm curious what it looks like on the inside. Um. Sorry. Trying to keep my composure. No, hey, dude, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, this is reality. This is, it's tough. You know, um, the one is it's, it's radically changed my life, you know, and, and I think in a lot of good ways, um, it has changed my life. I, I don't know that there's been a negative and, and I know some people out there be like, what? And that's just the truth of it. We, we serve such a, a gracious and wonderful and loving God. And, you know, everybody's like, well, if you serve a loving God, you know, how could he allow you to suffer and everything else? And listen, we have free will and, and you don't get to sign up for free will without love and truth and free will. I mean, that's it, you know, to have love, you gotta have truth and free will. And, and I think in that I've learned in this cancer battle that nothing's guaranteed. And I think that's become a real revelation, but even more so life becomes precious and my calling and my time on earth has become much more valuable to be put towards the causes of Christ and reaching people who don't know the hope of Jesus, who are suffering from anxiety, depression, hopelessness, you know, even sin. I mean, we, we all suffer from sin and especially the sin that separates us from God if we don't know Jesus Christ. And it's changed everything. You know, I tell everybody after that diagnosis, colors got more vibrant, <laughs> food tasted better my time with my family more precious. And that was kind of the, the crux of Pike's Peak. Like, you know, God, why would you have me give up time with my family when I have a year left? Mm. And, you know, we crashed that first year and I was devastated. I'm like, I gave up this time, everything else. And for what? <laughs> and little did I know that crash would actually add to the ministry and make it better because now all of a sudden you have this guy who didn't achieve his goal. In fact, he crashed and he might not be here next year. And yet he's willing to still be thankful for what God's given him. And I think in that you learn a heart of gratitude is so important. Yeah. And and yeah. I think it's just changed changed me. And I hope, you know, I believe my family would echo this, but the biggest thing for me, Randy, is I want to show up when my time on earth is done, whether it be tomorrow or in 60 years, if I could be the, live the, be the oldest person, you know, I want to show up before Jesus and God with my with my armor just beat the tar 
and my and my sword just wielded to my hand because I was using it every day. I was fighting for the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. And he just says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And And I know that sounds cliche, but man, I can focus on dying or I can focus on living. And bro, I want to focus on living and the freedom that Christ Jesus brings. That's where I want to be. That's where God wants all of us to be. Uh, and and I don't think he wants to give us all a cancer diagnosis to get us no. <laughs> there, you know. And, and I don't understand these things. Um, but our priorities are not his priorities. Our timeline is not his timeline. Uh, and I think he's actually more concerned about eternal things than Amen. this vapor that we call life. And I get it. It's big to us now. It's big to our loved ones. I'm not downplaying that at all. Um, but he's got, he's just, it's, it's like his, his bigger picture is way, way <laughs> bigger. Amen. Uh, and so he's more concerned about what's going on in, in Don's spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the body part handled, it, Amen. you know, but that's Listen, hard to see. It's hard to see. I get it, man. It is. And, and, you know, I often think of this, like, I get a new body in heaven. So no matter what happens, this one, you know, I, I, I get a, I get a renovation. Um, <laughs> but I think a lot of times we can get distracted. And I think in that we're going to see a lot of healthy bodies laid in the grave mm. and a lot of, lot of unhealthy souls at the gates. Mm. And, and that's not God, God's priority. God's priority. Number one is our soul. Yeah. And, and, you know, while he, you know, people have different theology on, oh, he afflicts the sick or not. And, and blah. it don't matter what your theology is. The truth of the matter is that he tells us that he works all things for the good of those who love him mm-hmm. and that he works it to work our character and to bring yeah. us closer to him to be more Christ-like so we could be a light to the world. And, and so I think, you know, I'm blessed because I have a reckoning. You know, we don't, we don't face death until it's right here. And a lot of us don't even get to face it because we die in a car accident. Yeah. you know, quickly, or we have some freak accident. I mean, Randy, you know about that with your accident. <laughs> you know, you have this thing dramatically change your life in a split moment split where we're here. I got <laughs> where I got to see it coming. Yeah. You know, and, and not that it's the death of me. I, I refuse to believe it's a stamp. I believe it's a journey. Yeah. And, and that's where we're at. God, <laughs> I don't love know it. if it's yeah. right. But. Yeah. No, well, you know, and the thing is that, and I'll say this, and this is, this is, I don't know you probably well enough to say it, but I think I think it'll resonate with you. I, you know, I lost my sister, my younger sister, when she was forty to cancer after a seven-year battle. Uh, and when you start to look at these things, uh, she had three young children. You know, I'm going to their weddings later in life, and she's not there. That's the hard part. But the truth that I have to rest in the only sanctuary that gives me peace against such storms of God why why would you allow that um is is the fact that God loves her more than I could ever have loved her as a sister God loves her children more than she could ever love them as a mother and she loved them fully I mean she loved the you know but God's love for Don and your wife and your children is is far more powerful than any love that you could have or any loss that mm. they could they could face. Mm. We have yeah. to run there, man. That is the only sanctuary to get us through the storms of life. And that's true for everybody. It's just kind of in focus for you more than the average person. Yeah. 
no, it's 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 funny you say that. Like that's part of the journey. When I got the diagnosis, I had to get back on a plane right away to go finish my trip to California, go speak at what was the pinnacle of my career. Mm. And you have a lot of time to think. Yeah. And I remember just thinking for this moment, like, God, what about my family? Right. Right. You know, what about my kids? Like, you know, if is this the end of me? Like how, how, you know, and I'm asking all these questions of them. And all of a sudden I had this revelation where God just kind of spoke to me and said, listen, is the sun not going to rise tomorrow? Is it not going to set? Is, is, is Jesus going to get down from the cross and say, well, I can't do this if Don dies. Does it make any of my truths less truthful? Mm. And, and he just left me with, are you going to trust me? And I'm like, man. And I just thought about that. Like, yeah, God is better at loving my family than I am. God is better for providing. Who am I? I'm blessed because he, he, does, he chose me to have the kids I have and be providing for him for the time that I'm here. Mm-hmm. That was some rough, you know, and people are like, oh, a loving God wouldn't say that. No, no, a loving God knew what I needed at that moment. So I didn't go down pity's trail, you know? Yeah. But you're right. I mean, God can do such a better job of loving our family and, and heck, loving us. You know, we, we climb for so much in the world. And, and there was a time in my life, Randy, where I, I would have ran over, I would have ran over someone's dog to get in a race car and go race. <laughs> and, and God took that desire of racing away from me. And I, I'm living the life now that at eight years old, I would have dreamed of. Mm. At, at 20 years old, I would have dreamed of. And you know what's funny is all the things that meant so much to me don't mean near as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what means the most to me is, is, that I'm doing God uh, what he called me to do and, and that I'm bringing him glory. Yeah. But man, he's so much better than I am because <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> I need no, him. No, none of, us, I need none of him. us are. And that's the beauty of the invitation to, to be able to experience the goodness in this life of, of God. Uh, but it does require, in a sense, kind of giving up and letting him take control and reset the priorities um how do people react when they see you out there because i know the racing world is not um it's it's not the same as like ministry full-time ministry not that there's not any christians i know lots of good christians out there um what do how do people respond to you at these events you know it's varied you know, it's it's pretty interesting. What I hear a lot, so this is kind of funny. First thing I'll hear is like, well, you don't look like a pastor. <laughs> That's, I hear that all the time and I'm like, what's one supposed to look like? I didn't know, you know. So I've, I've increased my flannel game because I thought maybe that was it. But, you know, in, in all honesty, uh, you get a lot of different responses. But I think what resonates with people that I hear over and over again, and, and it breaks my heart is, but you're so loving. Mm. And I think about that and you start talking to these people and, and some experiences with Christians aren't all that great. But I think what happens is the world has sold this, this lie that Christians just want manipulation and, and they're going to use you and everything right. else. And, and right. listen, there are good Christians, there's bad Christians, there's good people, bad people, whatever. But here's the whole thing is it doesn't change the faithfulness and good of God. And so what we try to do is give them a hope to let them know that God loves you. You know, and uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I haven't been to church. I don't care if you've been to church or not. <laughs> I, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and, and he died on the cross for you. And we get that. But the other thing I get a lot, Randy, is people are like, well, you don't, you don't seem dumb enough to be a Christian. Oh. And, and I hear that a lot. Wow. 
And I think it's sad because like there's this, this is mentality that we have to turn off our intellect to be a Christian, right? Yeah. And the truth of the matter is it's my intellect that actually turned me on to Christianity. You know, I was an atheist trying to prove religions wrong and I, I proved all the major ones wrong, got to Christianity and I thought that'd be a slam dunk and it wasn't. Huh. And so I think we have so much truth in history and how the Bible was preserved and wrote and translated that we can go right back to the original transcribes and transcriptions and know that today's word is reliable and true. And uh, I think that's a hard thing. What's interesting, and maybe this is clear as day to you, but it it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that journey right there of of trying to prove God wrong and going down all the other paths, you know, prepared you to minister in the place that you're in right now, which is not necessarily a pulpit, but a, a racetrack. 100%. 100%. I mean, I, I am, it's funny to look back at your life and see how your journey's gone yeah. and where God took you and what he took you through. And that's been so huge because I think it disarms people when they're like, wait, you're in this, you were in the same place I was. Yeah, sure. And then you're able to, to just explain to them how you, how you got out of there. And then that moment where I went from hopelessness to hopefulness by giving my life to Christ. Is that, uh, is, is that story told anywhere? I know you're talking about working on a book, but is that available? Because we didn't get to that today. No, <laughs> it's not, but I am working on a book and I'm working on a devotional. Um, but you can follow me on Fastest Pastor. I kind of give some glimpse of that on social media. But uh, that will be coming. We, we are working on a book and a devotional um, because there's a lot of aspects of my story people don't know. You know, I was homeless when I was a kid. You know, um, my parents were told the word was as politically correct as it is today that I was going to, that I was retarded. And there's just been a lot in my life that God's just brought me through. And even before I was a Christian, that now has become a tool in my tool belt to use, to glorify his name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, keep, keep working on that book and that'll just give us an excuse to come back and talk about this again and go into that aspect of your story. What's coming up? What are you doing in the racing world? What are, what are your plans? Are you done? Have you achieved everything you want to achieve? Are you going back just to minister or are you uh, getting back behind the, the, the wheel again? Yeah, so um, I am going back to Pikes Peak. We made that decision a little bit ago and uh, we're going to be racing. So I also am the chaplain for the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. And so we're going to go back. We're going to race. Um, we now <laughs> are fully building our race car, our LMP3. We've got the program ourselves underneath our speed shop here at Axel Racing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got some other events, but a lot of it's been speaking. I've, I've, been doing a lot of speaking events and engagements, um, both filling in for pastors on the pulpit, as well as evangel- uh, evangelism outreaches and doing motivation speaking at schools. So it's been a lot of fun. The, the video, um, the film from I Am Second has really uh, kind of changed my course of life, yeah, <laughs> doing things good. I never thought I'd do. Uh, that's very cool. I, I love the fact that you're like, hi, I'm your, I'm your chaplain for this event and I'm going to beat you on the racetrack. <laughs> I'm not that good of a racer, bro. <laughs> when when is that? When does that take place? Yeah, so Pikes Peak uh, Hill Climb is the last full week in June with that Sunday being the race. So they call that race week. It's all practice. And then that Sunday, I, I think it's the 27th or something yeah, like that. Okay. So at the end of June, how hard is it to get, I don't know, where they have tickets or something to that kind of event? Yeah, so if you go to ppihc.org, okay. uh, you can book your tickets now. In fact, they're up for sale. And I would recommend if you want the electricity of seeing the pits, get a ticket down in the pits. Otherwise, 
uh, what's called Devil's Playground is another great place to look. That's probably the biggest vantage point um, to be. And again, that race is June 25th. June 25th. And it's incredible. Oh. It's incredible. And, and we'll be there with I Am Second doing more ministry again. Oh, okay. I usually do go up to Colorado during the summer uh, at some point. Uh, that would be an interesting Sounds like one. maybe P- <laughs> maybe you need to meet me uh, up there. Yeah, I could, that's tempting. Uh, PPIC.org, is that what you said? P-P-I-H-C. It P-P- stands for Pikes Peak International Hill Climb.org. P-P-I-H-C.org. For those of you interested, uh, that would that would be fun. Now, is there anything you want to mention before I let you go? We keep going, but uh, time is, is not on our side right this second. But um, anything you want people to know before I let you go? Because I, I love what God's doing in your life and what you're doing in the lives of others. Yeah, I think if you don't mind, just before I leave, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, um, I want you to know that no matter what you're feeling, whether it's hopelessness, depression, anxiety, PTSD, fear, that Jesus really does have the ultimate answer to bring you the comfort and love that he loves you. He loves you. You don't need to, you don't need to take the bath before you go take the shower. You can come to him as you are. And I want you to know that his desire is not for you to live in hopelessness, but to be a victor in Jesus Christ. So please, if, if you're hurting, if you need help, reach out through Randy's ministry, our ministry. There's a ton of ministries. Go to imsecond.com. There's a ton of great films on there to encourage you, give you hope and direction. You can check that out now. Uh, it looks like this, Chasing Hope, an I Am Second film. You can, the website is, again, I Am Second, uh, as well as fastestpastor.com for Don. Uh, and, and do check that out. And Don, man, I just... I appreciate you. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody watching, you fellow believers out there, Loretta, mm-hmm. Judy, watching live, and those of you watching the replay, pause, say a prayer for Don and his family, for his health, uh, for God to bless his ministry, for God to give him clarity and direction and peace in the storm, because he is in the storm, uh, and wisdom. And most of all, we know God can just do whatever he wants. And That's heal right. People miracul- I mean, the doctors gave Don a year. God's given him more than that, and... <laughs> So we know, I, I love our doctors, I appreciate them, but they're not mm-hmm. God. So That's right. Uh, again, appreciate you, man. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Randy. God bless you, bro. Appreciate you guys watching. Uh, man, tough stories, tough times, but God is good. Come back. We've got more inspiration for you. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. Above all that I can have.